0: Welcome back to Your Average Witch, where we talk about witch life, witch stories, and sometimes a little witchcraft, on the full and new moon every month. In this episode, we meet Pam, creator of the Territorial Deck. Pam talks about why she created the deck, what it's like to grow up in a casually witchy family, and introduces us to my new favorite holiday, Pie Day. Now let's get to the stories. Hi, Pam. Welcome to the show. Hi. Would you please introduce yourself and let it, let everybody know who you are and what you do and where they can find you on the internet? Sure. So,
1: I am Pam. I am the uh, creator of the Territorial Tarot Training Deck. And you can find us at ravenandrogue.com. The and is spelled out. And then we are also Raven and Rogue on all socials. So, we're on like Instagram and TikTok, we have so many followers on TikTok, and I still don't understand that because I don't know how to dance. It's fun. The one place we are not, though, is Etsy anymore because I don't like Etsy, and I think they suck.
0: Now, you have this territorial deck. It's a tarot deck. Please explain what that is and what made you want to make it.
1: Sure. So territorial is based on the Rider Waite system, uh, and it's a training deck. So it has keywords on it. It has the descriptors on it. Um, It's very text-based. So it's good for scholarly folks like myself and my daughter. And I actually made it, it was a twofold experience. So um, I actually had a stroke in 2019, which was a bananas, bizarre sort of situation. And I didn't even realize I had had one until I suddenly couldn't use my hand. (laughs) So it was very, very strange. I didn't have the telltale signs that everyone else has where it's like, Toast. You know, like, party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> smelling toast. Oh, God. I came out of a store once and I was smelling toast and I grabbed my wife and I was like, it's happening again. She's like, I smell it too. It's okay. <laughs> Freaked me out. So I don't like toast anymore. But yeah, like I didn't have like the, the one side, you know, going mm-hmm. limp or whatever. Nothing like that. It was just my hand. And then I had ocular migraines. And for folks that don't know what those are, um, it's basically like seeing rainbows in the side of your eye or like blurry vision or things like that. It was very, very weird. And so I was like, why am I seeing rainbows? And I I thought maybe I just had like some goopy stuff in my eye. But so I ended up going to the ER and I guess it sort of progressed a little bit more between the time I noticed things were going on and I went to the ER um, and they were like, no, you, you had a stroke at 36 years old. So it was wild. (laughs) So uh, I was working as a marketing director for this international door hardware corporation um, working like 80, 90 hour weeks, just really stressed. Probably why. Yeah. Really icky stuff. Um, and so then everything stopped. Like I had to put the brakes on everything. I had to take medical leave. Um, like I couldn't even do things like take showers on my own because I couldn't, like, you don't realize how much you need your hand. It's bananas. Like I, for folks that have like, you know, like, missing limbs and things like that. I have a newfound appreciation because it's like once if you're so used to having two functioning hands, two functioning limbs, and then all of a sudden one's you know, like offline, it's just crazy. So, um, so that was interesting, just getting used to all of that um, and then being on medical leave and then realizing that, you know, I'm working a lot. I'm really stressed out. This isn't what I expected my life to be. And I've I've been in this sort of spiritual occult realm my whole life. It's how I was raised, and so my stepdaughter um, she started getting into things and she started asking me a bunch of like questions randomly. I never came out to her directly right away because so I was like I don't I don't want to push it on anybody. I think people need to organically come into their own. Um, you know I'll provide information and then she can come to her own conclusion that sort of thing. So as I'm going through this whole stroke rehabilitation sort of thing, trying to figure out what I'm going to do, my stepdaughter grace comes to me and she was just like, you know, I kind of want to learn to read tarot. And I was like, that's cool. That's, that's really neat. Cause that's sort of like my wheelhouse. Like I've always been into tarot. I've always loved it. And then she, you know, asked me this question and then I started kind of slowly talking to her like, okay, well, you know, my mom taught me how to do all this stuff. And then she's like, well, tell me about me, Ma. Like what did... What did she teach you? And then we went down this rabbit hole. So um, she's this incredible, like, avid reader. Like, she's already this year read over 400 books. And I don't know how she does this stuff. But she just, she loves reading. She loves gobbling up information. And so she wanted something that was really tangible with a lot of information on it that she could study from. So it was like a tarot flashcard. So we started out and, you know, I was trying to figure out how to make them like, we were kind of like, okay, well, I'll tell you the information, you can write it down. And then I'm like, that doesn't work because I'm neurodivergent and I can't work that way. Um, So I started trying to type everything out. And through all of that, working with my um, physical therapist, you know, he was like, why don't you try typing all of this information with your non-functional hand and see if you can start getting that to kind of like go through the exercises and see if that helps. So it was three months of me working with my stepdaughter, Grace, you know, figuring out these flashcards for her, but then also slowly typing. And, you know, the whole act of creating the deck was therapeutic because it was not only creating something really nourishing for her, but it also, you know, gave me an opportunity to make something that that helped me re- rehabilitate my hand. So um, after three months of working, I started getting more functionality in my hands. started working on like the artwork and things like that and came out the other end with this really cool deck. And so I first printed it at home just on cardstock and things like that. It was like flashcards. But then she was like, you know, this, you should publish this. This is really cool. I'm like, I don't know. I'm a nerd. Like I, I, I don't need any more things to do. I mean, cause as soon as I'm done with medical leave, I'm like, I'm going to be swamped." And then, you know, my wife was like, well, what if this became your job? Like, what if you didn't have to keep doing all of that? And I'm like, I don't know if that could really even happen. So, so then we started, you know, researching the whole, like, well, how would we self-publish? What would we do? And then figuring out printers and, oh my gosh, it's so hard to find stateside tarot deck printers and discovering all of these intricate details with that and just self-publication and how to make, you know, a tarot deck box and all that stuff. So, started working with small printers and then realizing with my graphic design knowledge that, that I kind of knew how to do a lot of this stuff. And then, like, well, maybe I can rent the equipment. So, I rented this giant printing press. It was nuts. Had it in my basement and just did production on the first year or so of publications of a territorial. So, I mean, we were printing the boxes. We were, cutting the the cards we were you know rounding the edges and oh my god how many rounded corner edges i've had kick me in the eye (laughs) and things like that drives me bananas but i mean we were doing everything it's it's those things will jump out at you too like there's there's this tiktoker whiskey rabbit when i was finally retired this corner rounder um she was like because i did a video on it and she goes well where did you get that from and i was like if you want this bro, like I will mail it to you. You can have it. I don't care. I'm so sick of this thing. She was so excited. But it's like when it, ga- it came to her, she- there were all of these like territorial corners that fell out of the thing. I thought I cleaned all of them out, but they just like, like a vengeance
0: rise up from the depths of- You'll them. never get them all out.
1: <laughs> I still find them. I've moved from St. Louis- to Illinois, and I still find them everywhere. And I'm like, "What the fuck? Where are these coming from?" <laughs> I would find them in my bra. They would. It, it's so stupid. So anyway, <laughs> but you know, it's been cool. Like it's when I say that, like I created territorial, I created it. Like you know, and I think that's really cool having that experience. You know, not only did it heal me, not only did it help my my daughter, but like. It did a lot of really cool things. And then hearing from a lot of people that, like, we get a lot of folks from, like, the autistic community um, that'll come up and say, like, hey, this deck has really helped me. It's helped me learn. You know, this is the way I like to learn and things like that. And so that's dope. I love hearing that. I love hearing how it's helping, helping folks. So
0: that's
1: awesome. But yeah, it's been a really big labor of, of love, though. And it's been cool because I've been able to quit my, my terrible, horrible, no good job. So
0: that's always. Always cool. It's always good. What does it mean to you when you call yourself a witch?
1: Um, You know, I'm not, I've never really been particularly drawn to labels. Um, this is how I was raised. And I think for some folks, that's really unusual. Um, A lot of people grow up in Catholic households or things like that. I grew up with kind of a weird mix of Romani folks in my family. And then, you know, you have folks that are like, following sort of like Celtic traditions or even like Appalachian folk traditions and things like that. So it's been this sort of mishmash of like my people. Yeah. Southern superstition and things like that. So no one in my family was ever really like, I'm a witch that we were always just like, we're real weird. And we talk to animals and we, you know, it's like we, we do spells and things like, like when someone is sick or something like that, you know, you, you'll make tinctures or you'll do things like that to kind of help heal I have a lot of like healers in the family and stuff like that so stuff like that it was never really like this weird sort of off thing to me it was always just something that was always around so like when you say like witchcraft or something like that I'm always thinking it's like stuff craft you know because it's like this is just something that like and it was it wasn't like specifically like green witchery or you know divination or anything like that it's just this mishmash of like duct taped things all put together so it was kind of a cool way to to be brought up. Um it was a little bit like practical magic y, which is sort of neat. Like we had like a we'd make pancakes in the middle of the night rather than margaritas. And that was something we did for the longest time. Like, you know, all the women in my family would get together and we'd make like pancakes and we'd watch ridiculous movies and then we'd kind of go outside and, you know, put our feet in the in the earth and do spell worky sort of things and stuff like that. So it's kinda cool. So not really a label or anything like that. It feels cool that there's more of like a, a, a resurgence of it and it's becoming more accepted. I think that's really neat. It can become a little fad-like, you know, and that gets annoying where it's so much of a fad that, you know, people are like, oh, I'm a witch. But then they don't really understand anything about, you know, the the culture, or the, you know, the spiritual aspect and things like that. So do you call weird. yourself a witch? Um. Sometimes I think I use it more as like an identifier to folks in conversation. You know, sort of like when they ask, you know, because I mean that question always comes up in conversation with different people where it's always like, "Oh, are you Catholic or are you this?" and it's like, yeah, "I'm more of like a witch." I usually say I'm pagan.
0: It's easier. Yeah. It's simple. Can you share any stories about specific incidences with your family that you remember? Oh, growing up and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: gosh, there's a lot, a lot of like kitchen witchery. Um, we, <laughs> so we would always do these big things like, um, we had pie day before Thanksgiving and oh, I, yes. I grew- what yeah. <laughs> dude. Okay. So I always grew up thinking everyone had pie day. I had no and idea that it, it was just us. And I'm like, what the hell? So Pi Day is the day before Thanksgiving. Um, and don't really celebrate Thanksgiving for what it really is. We're just like, hey, we want to get fat and eat yeah. a lot of food. So, it's eating yeah, eating day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is my fat pants day. So <laughs> pie Day is where we all get up at like the butt crack of dawn, right? And we get out all of our flowers and like we'll make jam that'll go into pies and we make like puddings and custards, all kinds of stuff. And we'll like imbue things into all of these pies. And it's sort of like a a blessing kind of thing, you know, and like a putting, you know, good healing properties into things and sort of like kind of like a harvesty, festivaly kind of thing that we did on our own. Um, so that was always a huge deal. We would have folks that would come over. Like I had friends when I was a kid that would come over. Um, and I'd be like, Hey, why don't you come over for pie day? And they're like, what the hell are you talking about? And I was like, it's pie day. What do you mean? What am I talking about? Like everybody does that. (laughs) And they'd come over and it's just like, all the women in my family doing like crazy witchy stuff, like playing Alice's Restaurant. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but like just doing like the most hilarious things. Um, and it's it's almost like this comical like Lucille Ball conveyor belty chocolate factory thing mixed with witchcraft. And it's it's hilarious. It's awesome. That's like I need to get a film of it. Yeah, I love
0: that so much.
1: Yeah, I was, it I was so my, like my mom, when she was alive, she always did all of these really, really cool traditions. Um, a lot of them involved, you know, things in the kitchen or even like gardening and stuff like that. Like she she would talk to her plants. Um, she had special plants for luck. She had special plants for healing. Like if you got a new apartment or something, you know, mom would get you a plant. And she's like, you have to make sure that this plant is like right here that it, it's it serves this purpose you know, you always knew all that. So it was it was a really cool way to be brought up. And it's so funny now because I'm like, why I, I didn't realize that nobody else had that. <laughs> so I feel really fortunate, really lucky, but I'm like, damn that sucks, you know, that Yeah, for all of that? us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I that sucks. I need to kind of keep carrying that on. So everybody needs to everybody needs to do Pi Day. It's the day before Thanksgiving even if you realize that Thanksgiving is a sham. <laughs> do Pi because it's awesome. Make your own pies, and she made really good pies. That wound
0: up about Thanksgiving. Do it on March Fourteenth. Yeah, pie day can be any day.
1: You know, pie is good. Pie
0: every day is an
1: important thing for people, and then you get to wear fat pants. And you know, the world is a giant hellscape right now, so why not eat pie? You know,
0: that's what I think. I one hundred percent agree with everything (laughs) about pie.
1: It's better than cake, too. Why it's good. I think I'm going to draw a line in the sand with some people, There, They're going to be... I'm torn. To like I don't know, because I just work. love
0: baked goods, so I'm not going to you disagree.
1: <laughs> I love baked anything. I don't know. And that's see, that's a hard thing. So I had my mom that was a kitchen witch, but then my younger sister is a pastry chef. She went to culinary school. And that oh, that. that was awesome, because I got to eat her homework. And it was big. Oh, hell yes. Yeah, she made like croissants. And she'd be like, I'm gonna try making croissants again. And I'm like, You're my best friend. I will come <laughs> over every day. <laughs> she one of her finals, it was hilarious. One of her finals was like this like four course meal or something like that. And she had to invite certain people. And I was like, if I'm not on that list, I'm gonna disown your ass. <laughs> come on. <laughs> so I had a, I, of course got a seat, so it was awesome. Um but it was so good. Like, she had to plan out, like, the weight staff and all. I'm like, that's cool, man. No, so I don't want that. I just want to eat. Well, yeah, I didn't have to do any of that. I just came in and ate stuff. She made this really good, like, what was it, like a corn
0: chowder. I never even really liked corn before, but it was good. Do you have any daily practices that you'll share with us?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, so I think a lot of my practices – have sort of fallen to the wayside, especially after getting sick. And then, you know, moving and starting a business and things like that. I am nowhere near as busy as I used to be, which is fabulous. But I'm still pretty busy. So I try to every morning, at least, you know, get a cup of coffee and sort of like check in with my wife. I think, you know, I'm really big into like ancestral work and things like that. But then also sort of connecting with those that you're closest to, because I think If you're in a good state of mind, you know, and if you're in a healthy environment, you know, that helps a lot of other things because that energy goes into everything else. So that's important to kind of check in with my wife, giggle with her for a little bit, get a cup of coffee, and then just sort of set intentions for the day and just sort of, I don't know, focus on self, kind of meditation, those sort of things, setting roots, and then also just touching grass. That helps a lot too. So I've moved out into the country. Um, actually just this past month I moved out into the country and that's helped so much for my practice and for my mental health and just being out in the middle of nowhere with like fresh, clean air. You never realize how different the air smells in the country. It's cool.
0: I'm in this weird position where grass, seeing grass now makes me incredibly angry because if I see grass in person, it's because someone's (laughs) wasting water.
1: Well, see, when I say touch grass. I got to show you my backyard. Yeah, it's all clover and wild gonna hurt my strawberries,
0: I guess. It's going to hurt my feelings. My feelings are already in <laughs> agony.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, I'm not a grass watery kind of lawn care. I We moved here over a month ago. We haven't even had to trim the grass or do anything, any yard work. Huh. Because it's all clover and stuff. So it's just sort of this squishy thing that's there it's awesome
0: I go out and I touch the mesquite there you go that's a good thing now you grew up with what we're going to call witchcraft around you do you think it's changed your life or is it just your life
1: (laughs) uh you know I think it has I think it's been it's been a really positive experience Because there's this weird dynamic in my family. My mom's side of the family, um, and if my dad's side of the family hears this, there's no hate. But my mom's side of the family is the cool side. So they're all bikers from the South, Southern. They're just the coolest, coolest, sweetest people. My favorite people on the planet. So those are the ones that are into spirituality, witchcraft, superstition, folk magic my dad's side of the family is Romani and that's the thing I always wished that I could connect to like the Romani spiritual side, but over there they're all very Catholic. They're all hmm. like yes, very staunchy Catholic, you know? And so it's this weird dynamic, like connecting to my Romani roots and trying to connect to that part of it, but not having, you know, someone there is like an elder in my own family that can help with that. So I think that's made it kind of hard, you know, Um, from that perspective of like changing my life, I wish that I had that. But my grandmother on my dad's side made us go, like, she really influenced my dad to put us into Catholic school. And that lasted for a very short amount of time because I essentially got like kicked out. (laughs) Good. I was like, I (laughs) hope you scared the shit out of them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, okay, I was a weird kid. Like, I was the kind of kid that got along with everybody, but I was a weirdo. Like, I'd wear all black, um, You know, like I had a big like leather trench coat and like I looked like, you know, the dude from The Crow, basically. And so when I came in, you know, my I went to I think it was like I lasted maybe three quarters of my freshman year in Catholic school. And that was about it. In grade school, I went to, you know, like Catholic grade schools and stuff, but it wasn't as, you know, much of a motivator. Like there was this weird dynamic, like Catholic grade school was kind of different. But then when you got to Catholic high school, like you had to do um, mass every Friday and things yeah. like that. Yeah, it was just it was weird. Like it was kind of cool seeing like their side of it because we n- we didn't really go to church. You know, but then suddenly being thrown into this and I'm like, what is going on? There's no pie day. You guys are talking to this dude on this thing and he's bleeding out and like everybody's sad. And then and there's you're like, eating it. the stations of the cross and shit around the room. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? So I had to learn about all this stuff while having this spiritual background. And it was just this hilarious sort of dynamic. And I was constantly getting in trouble. Because I mean, they had like the science classes were really weird, and they didn't want to talk about like was it science with finger quotes? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like uh, the creationism stuff, and I remember I would just kind of <laughs> like that in the middle of class, and I got in trouble.
0: <laughs> and I, yeah, I know, we I had know that, line. Line.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like an, an Irish Catholic um, high school, which is since closed. So, mm, uh, but they would like throw fucking erasers at people. It was rude. So I looked like Pig Pen for like eight months. I had like all this chop dust and shit around me. And for someone who wears black all the time, I come out of it looking like I went to the Downward Spiral concert or something like like Nine Inch Nail Stuff, putting cornstarch on myself. So it was ridiculous. So I don't know. That, that aspect kind of sucked, like having that whole dynamic to where it's like you're trying to be like, like they're trying to do the whole square peg, square hole thing, and you're not fitting into that. So that made it sort of a challenge, like, especially when some people would find out that you're, you know, spiritual or pagan or something like that. And then they treat you differently, like you're insane or like there's something wrong with you. And So I like that now that that stigma is going away, you know, like it's becoming more mainstream. People are understanding. And so I think it's going to make it, I hope it's going to make it a lot easier for some kids growing up. For a while there, it was not so fun.
0: (laughs) What would you say is your biggest motivator in witchcraft?
1: probably family. Again, with all of the ancestral magic, um, the ancestral, or ancestral work. You know, it's funny, my wife, she always makes fun of me when I say that. She's like, it sounds like you're saying ancestral. So you really have to enunciate. And I'm like, leave me alone. I'm from the Midwest. <laughs> we talk weird. So if you guys think it's an- ancestral, is what I'm saying. <laughs> family stuff. But, you know, kind of connecting to that, because I had a lot of really cool teachers in my family. You know, my, my mom, my grandma, I mean, my mom was the biggest part of it all. And when she passed away in 2018, there was this whole period where I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, you know, everything's just like, I, I don't even know what to do with myself. Like, who do I call if I have a problem, you know? Um, So that affected my practice quite a bit, but she was a huge motivator in that.
0: Do you feel like you have uh, ever have to deal with imposter syndrome and if so how do you cope with that?
1: Ugh. Yeah, that's that's the worst. It's every day all day basically. Especially when Territorial really started taking off and when you know we started getting like all of these TikTok followers and all of this other stuff like I I get messages from people that are like I love you. You're a huge motivation to me, you know, and I'm like you realize I'm just this like old lady in the Midwest, right? Like I'm, I'm this like 39 year old nerd. <laughs> it's just, so I'm constantly just feeling unworthy, you know? And I just, I, I don't know. It I feel like it's a huge, huge responsibility. Whenever you put yourself in a position to teach or to, you know, inform folks of things that are going on. Um, So I put a ton of pressure on myself to really do a ton of research and really dot my I's and cross my T's and things like that. So that can be hard. I haven't really found a way to get around the imposter syndrome thing. I feel like as someone that deals with anxiety and depression, too, that can be really tough. So it kind of goes to like a mental health thing of like. How do you cope with that? Like, how do you you know? It, it, this this whole thing has been a thing that's come up a lot in like sessions with my therapist and things like that. Of like, like especially because my wife is transgender, and that's been a topic that's in um, the TikTok account. And we get so many people are like, "Hey, you know, my partner is transitioning. Like, what do I do? You know, like, how do I, I how do I deal with that? Yeah, and it's you want to help people, and it becomes this like massive responsibility where it's like you want to just reach out and hug somebody and just be like it's going to be okay this is what i did but then you feel so unqualified you know so you're like please go to a therapist please check these things yeah. out but so i'm constantly just like in a state of like oh my god you know because i feel like i'm going to fuck somebody up <laughs> so but i you know it it's cool that you know i've been you know given all of this information all of this knowledge and being able to share it with people is so dope. And then seeing it like actually clicking with people, you know, and it helps their practice and it helps them look into other things. And that is super rewarding and super cool. So, but the imposter syndrome thing, it'll never go away. It's going to be there forever.
0: (laughs) My opinion is that saying this is what I do. This is how I handle that. I think that's perfectly fine all the time because you're not saying this is what you should do you're saying this is my experience and i and and if they ask i think that's fine
1: yeah you know it's funny like we've gotten some like aggressive folks on like facebook especially facebook is a hellscape but like Where they'll be like, um, especially toward territorial, they're like, well, this isn't the way that someone should learn. And you're confusing people because, you know, it doesn't have the pictures on it or it's supposed to be all intuition based. And I'm like, "Okay, but for someone that's autistic, that's not really like if you look at the pictures, you know, or if you take it in a very literal sense or something like that, you can't do this whole dreamy interpretation. Sometimes you need, you know, some sort of guidance on that. And so people will get pissed and I'll get like mean messages and stuff. And I'm just like, deuces, buddy. I don't know how to help you with that. But so that's another. Well, sort of well in fact, of friend, here's how it is. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to get you to talk to him. Just be like, listen, I need to bugger off. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> you, sir, can go fuck yourself. Precisely. That would be nice. Exactly. I need to get someone. See, my wife, Courtney is more of the bulldoggy kind where I'm just sort of like, I'm not like all love and light, but I'm just sort of like, stop yelling at me. So, um, I need to get Courtney to start chewing people out. Maybe I I should put her on the customer service. Get
0: some more. Who the fuck are you talking to? Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) See, it's funny. Like whenever anyone says any shit to my wife, about like being trans or anything like that. My bitch switch flicks and I'm just like, you know, but if anybody like talks to me like about the product or anything like that, I'm just like, okay, thanks, you know. Aww. I need to fix that. I need I need to turn on some bitchery, you know? Make a goal. Yeah. I'm going to be an asshole, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk Join to me the about the me, country. So. <laughs> yeah, better watch out, bro. Chachos. I'm on a tangent now. That's very convincing. Good job, fam. <laughs> 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 the whole time I'll be cringing, like, I don't care. Jerk face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Basically, well, I feel like I'm like. Same for you. Yeah, I feel like I'm a real-life version of, like, Garth sometimes from Wayne's World where I'm just, like, this nerdy, like, you know, it's like your opinion, man. I don't know. That wasn't even Garth, but that's fine. I just confused all these Gen Zers.
0: <laughs> Anywho. What would you say is your biggest struggle when it comes to your practice? Oh,
1: I think, you know, being a person with huge memory issues now, that's the biggest thing. I mean, like after my stroke, I lost like chunks of memories. And I lost like chunks of things like, you know, folks will come back and they'll say like, hey, do you remember that one time we went to this thing or we did that? And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And it's kind of like this tragic thing. You're thinking back and you're like, man, that really sucks. You know, like I don't, it's, it's basically like it's lost and, you know, you're trying to grasp onto something that was once there. So
0: trying to do things to sort of get those memories back. Has the file been deleted or Mm -hmm. can you just not find the pathway back to it?
1: Exactly. You know, and I feel like, you know, I had to do a hard reset on my brain and now it's just like the, the wires are all fucked up. So, but it's also, it's kind of cool because I've noticed I have, crazy vivid dreams now. And some of them are kind of prophetic. Like, you know, I remember I had this one dream where I was like walking through this house. And it's like the same layout as the house that I'm in right now that I just bought. It, it doesn't look the same. Like the it looked different, but it was the same layout and had some of the same sort of things. And it was before we even looked at the listing. And so like I remember talking to my wife about the you know, this dream and stuff like that. And she was like wait a minute, like, as we're walking through the house, she's like, wait, this is bizarre. She's like, didn't you have, and I'm like, yeah, I had a dream. where right mm. So it's weird. So I'm like, did I cross some sort of wire? And now all of a sudden it's like, you know, some sort of Avenger shit where you get bitten by a spider or something. I don't know. But, you know, I just thought it was kind of cool. So I always try to look at like the science aspect of like, you know, what influences dreams, what influences all these other things and how can, you know, like, traumatic brain injuries or something like that affect, you know, spiritual practice and those sort of things. So that's something that I've been sort of diving into, um, because I just think it's cool. You know, so I mean, my practice, it's really just been more of like, putting more learning aids in place. Um, And again, that kind of goes to territorial, but then, you know, I'm creating more things to kind of help people with issues like this, because I realized, you know, I'm not the only one, there's a lot of people that have been having the same problem. So post-its you know i have it looks like if you've seen that one thing from it's always sunny where charlie has like all of the i think his name's charlie in the show where he has like all the stuff on the wall the, the guy with the
0: string and he's crazy looking yeah okay i don't watch that <laughs> show but i know that picture
1: <laughs> i haven't seen it in a long time but it's kind of like that but not not crazy face like you know, I have all of these little reminders and stuff and it's always like a doom box situation where I'll have like a bunch of notes just in like this shoebox, and someone will move the shoe box. And I'm like, but that oh, had no. half of my brain in it. <laughs> you know, So it's like this whole new way of learning and understanding and recognizing things. So it's hilarious. Like I'll write down like, you know, things that I did for a spell or something like that, like reminders and things like that. It's funny.
0: What would you say brings you the most joy in your practice?
1: So I think it's more of like hearing stories from like different neurodivergent folks um, that are using some of the, the tools that, that I use. Like different things like in the practice, you know, that I'm doing and seeing that click, and make sense. I mean, we kind of talked about that. But then also like seeing things come to fruition. I think for a lot of people that do what we do, it's really cool when you see something actually work and something like click and make sense and all of that good stuff. That's always cool. That'll never not be cool. You know? What
0: witchy thing do you geek out about?
1: Oh, there's so many. There's like, again, you know, sort of like the conjunction of like science and spirituality. If you can sort of make some of those things make sense. You know, um, I get really into like ghost hunting stuff. Now, like 99% of it's bullshit, but it's really fun. And it's really cool. And there's like the St. Louis Paranormal Society that, you know, a good friend of mine is part of. And so she owns like a St. Louis haunted mansion, you know, and they do like ghost tours. Yeah. Uh, there's another friend of a friend that owns the Exorcist House in St. Louis, nope. like the actual. Yeah. They do dope Halloween parties, I'm going to say.
0: It's fun. I would not be attending that.
1: It It's really, it's not scary. You know what?
0: My mother let me watch that when I was like seven and I was (laughs) no, it was on TV one night. And for some reason, sure, do whatever you want kids. And now I'm afraid of certain things. (laughs) Oh no. Poor baby Kim.
1: That's terrible.
0: It's dumb. Same for um, the one with the house. What's the house one? It's, It's got house in the name.
1: The house on Haunted Hill, maybe, no. or the was something Amityville basement horror. It was
0: blo- Amityville, yeah, that was a and real place. I'm not the only child who thought, "Wait, where's the dog?" When y'all are hauling ass out of the house, I know. <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> you got to save the dog. <laughs> they did. You no, know, you know, I, I get really don't into leave it behind in a house f- filling with blood. <laughs> <laughs> You
1: know, I get into like horror movies, horror. That's another one of those words I need to enunciate better. Horror. Damn, Midwestern accent.
0: Anyway. I just say H-A-H-R, horror.
1: Horror. Horror.
0: Horror, horror. horror, horror. movies. Yeah, no second that sounds syllable. Bad. There's no second syllable, just horror. was
1: very yeehaw, horror. I'm going to go on a tangent about that. Never mind. So... <laughs> No, my my older sister went to film school and she did all kinds of like hilarious um movies and stuff like that and so we did a lot of fun B movies and stuff so hmm that's kind of fun. We could do like a witchy horror, horror movie. That would be horror. something fun to geek out on.
0: That's a horror movie. Horror movie.
1: <laughs> One of those. <laughs> But then going back to your your actual question that you asked me, because I, again, went on this little stroll of a tangent. um, I think folklore is really cool, too. You know, there's a lot of people that like there's this one person on TikTok, which I spend too much time on TikTok and I'm talking about it too much. But um, she has like some sort of like degree in folklore,
0: which I didn't even know was a thing. The one who was like, here's my degree and blah, blah, blah. And then she goes on. I love that. That makes me laugh so hard every time. Yeah. She's cool. I love that stuff. I think
1: it's really cool. Just, I mean, it helps you learn about like different cultures and things like that too. And I think that's an important aspect, you know, of any sort of spiritual practice, I mean, you know, going into like decolonization and, you know, just understanding of different cultures and things like that. It's always important. So, but it's cool to to hear like the, where a lot of these things originate and how these deities and things like that came about
0: all that good stuff. It's cool. Does your partner practice?
1: She does. So I have known Courtney um, since I was 14. And Courtney was actually my very first, when she was male presenting, my very first boyfriend, which is cool. We met online playing a role-playing game. And it was like a chat-based role-playing game. And it kind of, it was like very Dungeons and (laughs) Dragons-like because we're dorks. (laughs) It was like in the nineties. We didn't have anything else to do. So it was fun, but it was just a bunch of kids sort of like in a chat room and you could like roll dice and stuff like that. So it was cool. Like we started connecting on that and bonding on that and then ended up, you know, having this really awesome friendship for years and years and years and kind of extended into other stuff. So it's, it's been cool. Like, you know, kind of seeing like the, again, like the folklore part of like magic and you know, sort of the, the fun gaming aspect of it. And then you start talking about like, you know, hey, this is really cool. Or I really like, you know, the the Celtic part of this character. And oh, well, yeah, I actually practice this, this and this. So she and I have both been practicing pretty much our whole lives. Like she wasn't raised in it the same way that I was. It was something that that she sort of stumbled upon and developed on her own. But a lot of her practice lately, you know, since she started transitioning, about two years ago has been more like glamour magic and things like that and sort of things to help with her dysphoria and stuff like that. And I think that's really cool for someone that's transgender to find tools like that to help them, you know, with any sort of um, things like that to make them, you know, more confident and, and all of that. So it's been it's been a cool journey for her, too, and seeing her practice sort of shift into to other areas like that. It's been really neat.
0: That's cool. Yeah. If you could only recommend one book to a new witch, what would it be, and why?
1: okay, so for this question, I couldn't do just <laughs> one <laughs> this one How was the one you. where I was like, "How dare you?" because there's so many good books, and I think the cool thing is there's a lot of really cool creators now that are way more inclusive and way more um interested in like research and things like that, and finding out like you know, factual data and factual information <laughs> rather than just, you know, the Wicca, you know, you got to follow the law of free and all this other stuff, which if you do, that's cool. But, you know, it's not the way it always has to be. So um, there's a lot of different authors that I like.
0: Um, Matt Orin,
1: Is that how you say Matt's last name? Orrin? A-U-R-Y-N?
0: That's how I say it. I don't that's know how, how say he says it. <laughs>
1: that's How I say it, and I said it once, and someone kind of cocked their head, and they were like, Is that how you say his name? And I was like, I don't know, is it? So I'm always I like, I have it. a Western accent, don't tell me.
0: It's I don't know. following American grammar and pronunciation rules, that's how I would pronounce it. That's
1: that is how it's said, Matt. If that's not how you say your name, it is now,
0: please come on so, the show and tell me how to say your name. Yeah, there we go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you know, last book, hey, there's Psychic Witch, and then I think. He has another one coming out later this year. I think in like September. He's cool. I love him. He's great. So I think anything from him, you know, is really awesome. I also really like Of Blood and Bones. Um, He did, I think, a forward on that one. So that's more aligned with like some of the kinds of magic that I do or, you know, magic working or whatever you want to call it or spell work or whatever. Um, It's kind of more in like the baneful side of things. And I think a lot of folks aren't as... I guess not as exposed to it and understanding what it really is and things like that. So, that's a cool book if you're into that. I'm also going to say a High Magic by Damian Eccles, just because Damian Eccles is cool, you know, and everything that he went through and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then figuring out his spiritual practice and what got him through, it's like, what, 20 years on death row is bananas. But then also, I'm going to say another one. Oops, my dog is
0: barking. Hopefully, you can't hear goose. I very much can, but just wait for him to stop and then go. (laughs) So, okay.
1: Goose, my dog, the reason that he keeps barking, we moved into this new house, which is on the main road, which is hilarious because there's not that much traffic. (laughs) So, um, but whenever cars come by, it seems to hit the windows just right to where it creates a prismatic effect. And so there's all mm. these light sparkles everywhere. And so it's almost like in his head, he's like, ghosts, you know, so he just starts barking at everything. And he'll run around the room just kind of barking at the walls. And we're like, you're you're dumb. So, <laughs> so that's why he'll just randomly bark. So hopefully he doesn't do too- it. <laughs> <laughs> What was I gonna say? Oh, so um, I think also getting some sort of books related to, especially if you work with like herbs or plants, um, some identification books that are more botanical based rather than like spiritual based that have like the scientific names and all this stuff, because it's very important I think for some people to understand how these plants can affect you, um,
0: like they'll they'll kill you.
1: It's not yeah. just for- yeah, just because it's, it's net- abortions,
0: abortions right? you might yeah. die.
1: Yeah, because it's like, hey, anthrax is also natural, but that doesn't mean Cyanide exactly.
0: is also natural.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's like, you got you got to be real careful, guys. So
0: For that, I actually recommend you go to your local library and ask them for local foraging books. Exactly. I think that's a very good idea. That's the best. What are your thoughts on familiars?
1: Um, you know, I've been a person that's always had an easy time hanging out with animals. You know, like I'm the person that goes to a party and hangs out with like the the house dog
0: and I am stuff. You know, person. I'll be in the
1: corner just like, Hey, this there's a dog here, man, you know. Yep. <laughs> um I'm that guy. So, you know, there's I don't know. I, I haven't really had, like, a specific, like, familiar or anything like that, but I've always had, like, really cool connections with animals. Like, you know, I had a friend who was like, hey, my cat hates people or whatever, but then they look over and I'm sitting there petting them and, like, having. There's the their old, back, no one's ever feeling,
0: been able to do that
1: before. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I find a lot of other people that are into the same things that we are. It's the same way. So, um I don't know. I mean, you know, never really, again, never really had like a familiar, never used like, you know, because I have black cats and a lot of folks will use like black cat hair in the practices. And I'm like, eh, I don't want to do that. Um, so I haven't done anything like that and included them in things, but they most certainly have like climbed on my altar and eaten offerings that are for my ancestors <laughs> and stuff, Little shit, <laughs> which is fine. Cause a lot of these offerings like are for my mom and things like that. And it's her cat that'll jump up. So I'm like, I, okay you know. That's fair. Yeah. I did rename her cat, though, Oh, so, because when she passed away, you know, I ended up taking her cat to make sure everything was cool there, and she named her cat Sammy, but Sammy makes haunted noises, and so Sammy is now called Glenn Danzig, because she sounds like <laughs> Glenn Danzig when she <laughs> meows and stuff, so sorry,
0: Mom. It's, it's a more <laughs> fun name. <thing.
1: laughs>
0: Who would you say are the three biggest influences on your practice?
1: Definitely family. We talked about that. My mom, which everybody called ma or Annie. Um, she was cool. She just like every aspect, like never got mad about anything, was always teaching me. Super awesome there. You know, it might just honestly be the women in my immediate family because I've got my mom, Annie, that was like really awesome at teaching me everything. And then I've got my older sister, Vivian, who is like really into like taught me like how to create wards and doing all of this other stuff and like protection, magic and healing and all of that shit. And like got me into lots of cool music. And I mean, she's just like this fountain of knowledge. She's like a freaking book. Like you open her up. She's like a grimoire basically. And just has all of this information. Anytime I have any questions, I'm always like texting fib like, Hey, help me out immediately responds. She's dope. And then my younger sister, Lisa, who is like this amazing green witch that like can take any plant <laughs> and just bring it back to life. And we will have plants in the house and things like that. And I'll be like, I, it's dying. I don't know what to do. You send her a picture and she's like, Hey, you need to do a, B and C. And then next week do this and it'll be fine. It always works. So, huh. or if you have any question about like um, creating like healing properties of of plants or like, you know, recipes for certain things like, Hey, you know, because I have Crohn's disease. So it's sort of like, Hey, I need to eat something that doesn't have a lot of like fiber and things like that. And, you know, sort of like healing stuff. She's like, well, this is really good for healing and this is good for this. And this is like enriching. So I think a lot of, you know, my practice again, it kind of goes to like the ancestral magic working, you know, stuff like that. But then it's also like kitchen witchy, Green witch, healing, you know, stuff like that from within. So I don't know. I hang out with my family a lot. I'm realizing that <laughs> they're going to get, they're going to be like, stop talking about us. Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> what would you tell somebody just starting out?
1: Uh, that it's okay to mess up and it's okay to mess up a lot. It's actually a good thing. And I think that's something that, you know, folks have a hard time with that. Like they always think everything needs to be perfect. They think everything needs to be like pristine every time they need to have all of the right herbs or they need to have the perfect candles or the perfect setup or, you know, whatever. And it's like, you know, you can screw up, man. Like as long as you're not doing something like, like don't try to do like a binding thing or something like that. And then really fuck that up, you know, but I don't know. I think that's been a big part for me is just, you know, not putting so much pressure on myself. And just feeling like you know it's it's kind of a journey. I mean, you need to go through the stuff, and you can you know learn as you screw things up, and you know come out the other end more seasoned. So,
0: if you had someone along the level of Gandalf or the guy from Hogwarts, who whose name I cannot Ooh. remember, the what would you want to hear from them? Sort of like what you just told to the beginner. What would you want to hear?
1: Oh, my gosh. I don't even know.
0: <laughs> Let's Dumbledore. see. His name is Dumbledore. <laughs>
1: Dumbledore. There we go. I kept thinking Snape, but I was like, he was an asshole. I don't know. Except maybe not in the end. He was okay in the end, I guess. They would have to say something really prophetic. I mean, because they have that they have that sort of, like, you know, responsibility, right? They have to say something super prophetic that I probably wouldn't be able to come up with as this weird Midwestern lady. God dang! I don't know. What should they say? Mm. Don't uh, you're right. I shall not pass, you fucking nerd. <laughs> there we go.
0: <laughs> Who would you like to see me interview next?
1: Hmm. There's a lot of cool people. I think um there's an author, Juliet Diaz. She's really cool. Uh, she's made a lot of really cool like introductory books and things like that. So there's this creator on uh TikTok and their username is of batbones. Um their name is Fen and they are a very cool. <laughs> they have in their bio chaos gremlin and I love that. <laughs> um but they're they do a lot of stuff on like Romani rights and things like that and as a Romani practitioner too. I mean it, they they have a really cool voice in the community and they have a lot of followers they have a lot of like knowledge and and stuff like that that they could have part so i think that would be cool plus they have a very cool accent
0: is there anything else you wanted to bring up or talk about that i didn't ask or did you have any questions for me
1: so a couple things i can bring up we are actually doing a new version of territorial and it has artwork on it because everybody has been freaking out about that wanting artwork on the deck so i have finished that up um, and we're going to be printing everything and we've decided to do a Kickstarter um, and that's going to be launching next week. But yeah, the Kickstarter is launching August 1st. That's Monday. Um, so you can buy into that, check our socials or check our website and figure out how to, uh to find that. Neat. Neat. So I guess a question for you, how much are you digging doing this podcast? Because I know you know, I've kind of been along on the journey, having been friends with you for a while. And that's been really cool, you know, and it was a different name a while ago. And so it's been cool seeing the evolution. Like, how are you digging it?
0: Like, I freaking love you it. it dude? You anymore? ask people these insane questions and then they talk to me and they answer it. It's <coughs> amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about yeah, your childhood. What it's like. Okay. Well, who, what?
1: <laughs> it's freaking cool. We've got to meet a lot of really cool, different people,
0: and then having Charlie and Macy—that's cool. Yeah, I, it's it's really—I really love being able to talk to people, but not actually have to be in the same room with them. It's my favorite.
1: There you go. That's like an introvert's dream, you know. Yep, it's it is. This is great. You've created the best of everything for yourself, and I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm envious of you. There we go. I I, I envy Kim Award Kim.
0: <laughs> So at the end of the show, I ask you for two things. Okay. Number one is would you please recommend something to the listeners?
1: Hmm. Let's see. I recommend something to the listeners. Well, I guess I should recommend checking out territorial, right? So yeah, check out check out the territorial deck. It's pretty rad. But do you also I, have I worked you on it work? with one hand for three months and it made me made me um, come back online. see my hand was just disconnected for a while i had to come back online it was like a hard reset that took three months it was fun strokes are weird man yes they're cool though kind of it's kind of interesting i have a lot of really long conversations with my neurologist about fun things like that so
0: is there anything else you want to recommend snacks a particular sort of pie
1: snacks ooh pies coconut cream pie is my favorite oh my god hell yes Yeah, let's see snacks. What am I addicted to right now? I've been eating a lot of... Oh, shit. Hang on. Cream savers are back. What? Yeah, millennial kids, if you are excited, they have the orange ones, the orange variety. That's what I have. It's giant... I just grabbed a paw full of that. Um, I have a giant bag of orange cream savers. Hmm. I'm very stoked about it. I don't
0: know if you ate any of those when you were younger. I did not. That was uh, I was over hard candy at that point because I'm fifty, dude. <laughs>
1: but When we get old, we like hard candy, isn't it? That's what I thought. I thought I was getting into my crone stage, and like I have a purse full of candy. Now. <laughs> isn't that how you lure in that? Because we're witches, isn't that how you lure in the kid, the kids to go to the? I don't want any damn kids. Gingerbread house. I don't either. Mine are grown now. Thank Christ. But, you know, yeah, I don't, maybe, I think they're pretty cool. They're cooler than butterscotch. That's for damn sure.
0: Oh, God.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, eat some pie. Have pie day. Do your, do a pie day tradition. If you don't, you're lame. Signed, Meemaw.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The second thing that I ask of you is to tell me a story that you love to tell.
1: Oh oh my God. We could go on for a long time. So most of most of my stories revolve around (laughs) my notorious clumsiness. And it's pretty, it's, it's like legendary, the clumsiness that, that I have. So I, when I was going to, I was in high school and I was going to take, I think it was either the ACT or the SAT test. And I was going with one of my good friends, Andy. um, And like, we had to go to a different school. It was actually our rival high school. This was like after Catholic school. Um, I went to Lafayette Senior High in St. Louis. Awesome. Everybody in St. Louis always does this like, where'd you go to high school question? I don't know why. I think it's like some sort of classist bullshit. But anyway, you got to do that question anyway. But so it was a rival high school. And we were pissed off about that anyway. And then um, because we did like sports and stuff like that. And so I didn't know the layout of the school because I had only seen like the gym or like, you know, the football field and stuff like that. So we were like walking through like, you know, the innards of, you know, Marquette. (laughs) And so they gave us all these instructions. Like they started splitting people up according to the first initial of their last name. And so my friend Andy and I, his started with a U. So, of course, Andy, see you later, never again. And I, my last name, my maiden name starts with a B. So I was at the front of the thing and I didn't realize that Andy still had a piece of paper that I needed that had like all of my check-in information or whatever. This is like pre-internet basically, or like at the time of the internet, the, the birth of the internet. So we yeah. didn't have all of these cool things that you guys have now. So so I, I panicked and I'm like, I'm not going to be able to take the test. They're not going to let me do this because I'm an idiot and Andy has my sheet. And then I go back, I'm backtracking with my poor directional skills, backtracked the wrong way, trying to figure out where I was supposed to go and trying (laughs) to find Andy. I go through these double doors and I didn't realize that they go outside. Oh no. And they close and lock behind me. Oh no. So then I'm like, well shit. So I go to walk around the school the way that this, Evil, horrible school is built. It's like on a cliff. So it's like they have like this like rock quarry kind of bullshit that's like right up against the school. I think it's for like irrigation or some dumb whatever stuff like that, but it's not good for students that get lost. So there is like a cliff that has a bunch of rocks and like death and blah, blah, blah that way. And then this tiny little path of grass between the death cliff and the school. And so I'm like, I bet I can shimmy myself through that, you oh know, and God. Get to the oh parking God. Lot. so I start kind of walking and shimmying and stuff like that. Well, when I first started doing it, before I hit this turn, it was just brick wall. It was fine. Then I turn and I go to the other part that I had to cross and it's all glass. <laughs> Windows, but they're not the, the windows that open. Oh, oh, they were no. just like solid pane glass. It was bullshit. Oh, no. So I'm walking through and I'm just <laughs> slowly walking across and I see all of these people and I see Andy and <laughs> I walk eyes with him and he's like, What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I'm just slowly running <laughs> across and everybody's staring at me. No one's really saying anything. Nobody. Like, the adults aren't even acting like, she needs help. like, what's happening? And this went on for a while. Like, it took me, I want to say, like, five minutes to get across this thing. So it was, like, two or three classrooms that are like, what the fuck is this kid doing? Why is she wearing such big pants? Because the big pants are like, then the kicker. Okay, so I finally oh, reached this part that has, again my Voldemort, a chain link fence. So I had, I'm bottom heavy. I don't, I don't do vertical things. Like I don't jump. I don't, I don't leap. I'm not athletic. I did track for a little while. That was hilarious. And that lasted all of like a day. So this chain link fence, my Voldemort, I'm like, okay, I got to get over this because there's no gate. Right. Because again, this school was built by a bunch of assholes. So I go to try to jump over the gate. <clears throat> or, oh, jump over the fence and my fucking belt loop again is stuck on the goddamn chain link fence and i'm hanging there like a big idiot and i'm just kicking and <laughs> stuff and trying to get myself loose there are no adults there's no people outside i i guarantee there's people watching me from the classrooms though because it was still within ice <laughs> so can you imagine like I heard later on that everybody was just like he's like, what is wrong with you? Like everybody thought you were just insane. I was like, we didn't know if it was a bit because I've always been like big into comedy and like SNL and stuff. He's like, were you doing a bit? And I was like, no, bro. It's not. Oh my god! So I finally, I my belt loop, thankfully, ripped, which I cut all of my belt loops for the longest time because of this shit I have belt loop anxiety. So, I fall very ungracefully. <laughs> and then I just run, probably bow leggedy weird, to my car and I sped off. So, I've never taken the ACT or the SAT. So, really, this is a long winded way to say you don't need that to get into college. All you got to do is get stuck on a fence and get the pity of your peers <laughs> to get into college. It's fine. <laughs> i can't deal with that so yeah so yeah i've got a bunch of stories like that i'm an unfortunate person i'm a very strange awkward person
0: well thanks for being on the show
1: (laughs) you're welcome this was fun good
0: (laughs) all right i will see you around on the internet i'll see you later bye it's love letter time. This one says, Kim does a wonderful job at making witchcraft accessible and diverse. Such a wonderful podcast, like listening to friends. That's my goal. You're my friend now. You're all my friends. Get used to it. And thank you for listening and for having sent this in. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Your Average Witch. You can find us all around the internet on Instagram at Your Average Witch Podcast. Twitter at Average Witch Pod, Facebook at facebook.com slash your average witch podcast at your c- dot com, and at your favorite podcast service. Want to help the podcast grow? Leave a review. You can review us on Amazon and Apple podcasts, and now you can rate us on Spotify. You just might hear your review read right at the end of the next episode to rate your average witch on Spotify. Click the home key, click on your average witch podcast, and then leave a rating. You can also support the show by going to patreon.com slash Curios. If you'd like to recommend someone for the podcast, like to be on it yourself, or if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, send an email to youraveragewitchpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the moon changes.